Mental awareness is giving yourself time to actually go within yourself and seeing what's going on. And the way that I was able to develop myself through this is the fact that every morning I try to make sure I give myself at least five minutes of silence, just sitting in a chair and just being still and just letting thoughts come and heck, even thinking up some thoughts and sometimes having a notebook with me and writing down some things that may come to me. Welcome to the Secrets of Success podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Ken Keyes. Well, today's guest, Dominique Brightman, has written a book and has a podcast on going north, tips and techniques to advance yourself. And we kind of delve in, after his story, we delve into his acronym, which is Mitch. And so you'll have to listen to the show about what does Mitch stand for and the key elements that he teaches around success. Now, the theme, of course, is around awareness. Again, I don't know, it just keeps coming up, ladies and gentlemen, in Secrets of Success listeners, is that our consciousness, our connectedness to do we really know what's going on is so, so important. I'll just remind you of the stat that uh, Tasha York found in her book, Insights, is that 95% of people believe that they know themselves and how they see themselves is equivalent to what, how everybody else sees them. But in her research, only 10% of the people around us actually believe or see us the same way that we see ourselves. So we're a bit delusional. We are not grounded and centered. How we come across is not how other people are experiencing us. So on that note, I want to encourage you, Sincere G is the sponsor of this show, as we have a brand new course that's out. Now, depending on when you're listening to this, if you're listening to this at a different time, that's fine. The course will be online. Around our values preference indicator, it's our second most popular tool. And the reason it's so popular, it, I mean, every single person listening to this show, I would, I'm making some kind of assumption there, has heard about, you know, what are your values? And we take you through our own proprietary values assessment. And then in the e-course, I take you step by step on what does it mean? What do your values mean? How can I make values-based decisions? In other words, how could you make the right decision every time from this point forward? Yes, it's a play in words, but if you are using and filtering your values to make those decisions, then that is nearly possible. So my encouragement is, is that you would go to the CRG site, look for the online courses and go for what really motivates you or what do you really value? And those elements will be there. We'll put it in the show notes for you to be able to find out more. And as normal, thank you for listening. Please leave a positive message on whatever platform you're on. Share it, pass it on, let other people know about what we're trying to do here at Secrets of Success. If you have feedback for us, please email us, message us on whatever platform you're on as well so that we're able to serve you better. Thank you again for spending your most valuable commodity, your time with us. And hopefully we create value for you so that you can take your life to the next level. Here's our guest, Dominique Breitman. Welcome to the Secrets of Success podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Ken Keyes. Well, as we say in the name, we always want to have strategies to optimize our performance. And today's guest is going to share some of those that he has. In fact, he says that he has seven secrets that he wants to share. And man, that's kind of fits the title of the show, Secrets of Success as well. And so he really has some information for us. So Dominique Brightman, welcome to the show. 
Thanks so much for having me on, Ken. Appreciate you. Well, and it's great to have uh, a fellow podcast host as well. And so we're just going to rock it. And SOS listeners, we appreciate you spending time with us. So we'll just go with Dom, because if I say Dominique a hundred times, well, mind you, that kind of works too. It's kind of a nice name. And it's not Don, it's Dom. For everybody that's <laughs> listening, we want to make sure they have got that. So, so Dominique, you know, when we do our show, we want to get to know our guests a little bit in their journey. So, you know, where were you born and what were some of the things growing up that you can share with the audience? Sure thing. So I was born in a small city known as Georgetown, South Carolina, and two weeks after parents moved over to the city of Charm, Crime and Crabs, known as Baltimore, Maryland, and been raised there and still living here and Still proud of being a part of this city because it gets a bad rap nowadays, but it's not as bad as you think. Because, I mean, with all major cities, you're going to have, like, crime or whatever and little parts of town and whatnot. And just growing up in the suburb part known as Baltimore County, just growing up going to school, went to a Christian school after sixth grade, getting some biblical fundamentals instilled in my brain. On top of that, being a church boy, my father, he was a World War II veteran in the 82nd Airborne Division who had two combat jumps. He also served in the Korean War as well in the Army. And he would always take me to Sunday school as a a child, like every Sunday. We we would be in there probably be like, I'd say around 8.50 a.m. to around probably 3, 3.30 p.m. (laughs) Because it was also a Baptist church too, and you know how sometimes... Oh, man. There you go. Your, 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 Your Sunday was spoken for, my friend. (laughs) <laughs> oh yeah you can see that again too because especially when the pastor gets happy it's going to be an extra hour or so <laughs> when he catches spirit okay, fair enough, yeah. he, he doesn't know a clock now with your dad being in the military and i have an uncle that uh, is a retired colonel don't you normally move around a lot as a military family that's for most military families the thing is when i came around he was past that <laughs> so he was already settled in and he was close to retirement as a mm bus driver when I came around. Okay, so when you came around, so you were, an, are you saying that you were an afterthought or just an event that occurred after most people are finished? <laughs> we'll, go with, we'll go with the latter. <laughs> after you finish, it's like, yeah, all right, another kid. It's like, yeah. He was a okay, so how old was, how old was your dad when you were born then? Yeah, well, my dad, he was at least probably about a good 50, probably wow. like a good 50, 60, because <laughs> he was about five years away from retirement when I was born. Wow. Okay. Now, um, I didn't ask this to you before we got on the show, Dom. It's about what was the dynamics with your mom then? Was your mom younger or, or what was oh, the story? Oh, yeah. Yeah, he, yeah. My dad, he was a cradle robber in a way. He snagged my mom while she was young. They married when she was 18 and basically right out of high school and a couple semesters in college and they stayed together for so long. And she herself, she actually went to school, got her master's degree in psychology and she's held multiple jobs, especially in the Baltimore County government, as well as a case manager, too. And she always also loved to teach, so she would also teach the kids, usually with the little club they call the Good News Club. She would love to teach kids about the Bible and Bible fundamentals and good habits and things like that. And, of course, I'd get the good inch of that. And she was actually my first ever speaking coach because... Every Sunday, we had to recite scriptures at mm. church in front of the whole auditorium. And mind you, the church itself was big at the time. Our sanctuary could hold up to a 1,000 people comfortably. So getting that confidence early, just reciting scriptures in front of 
hundreds of people every Sunday to give you an edge when it comes later in life when you have to speak. Mm. So when you think about your mom, thank you for that. When you think about your mom and your dad, as far as your dad in the military and your mom as I, you know, really a psychologist, what was it like growing up with them? Were they hard on you? Were they easy on you? Were they encouraging, discouraging? What was sort of the atmosphere there? Yeah, they were very encouraging. My, my mom especially, she wanted me to really make sure I stayed focused. That was like the word of the day every day in elementary school years because I would have this look where I'd be drifting off into space when I'm actually paying attention. Teachers would be mad at me and they're thinking, I'm daydreaming. And when I answer the questions, like, hey, oh, wait, you're actually paying attention? <laughs> Like, like, yeah, so every morning, like, all right, what's the word of the day? Hey, son, focus. You got to go in there, focus. Mm-hmm. And I would have to turn down the poker face as a kid to actually look like I was paying attention to folks, even though I was. And my father, he actually didn't finish high school. He actually left early to seek employment and save enough money to get a Harley Davidson motorcycle. But by the time he had the money to get the motorcycle, he was drafted for World War II. So he couldn't even get the motorcycle. Hey, I love motorcycles, so your dad's cool to me. So that's, that's <laughs> fun. So he came back, and then you said that he retired. He went into being a bus driver after being in the military. Right. So he was probably doing that for about a good, I think it was 35 years after he came back from military and married my mom. And that wasn't his first job back. He had a few jobs here and there with delivering flowers, even sometimes at grocery stores, even as a cook. Mm-hmm. He actually cooked while he was a service, too. Mm. Okay, well, it's lots of diversity as, as part of that. So, Don, when we think about your journey, uh, after high school, what happened? After high school, went straight into a community college, another Stevensville Community College in Baltimore County, and it was coming down to the last two semesters, and on the day of my 21st birthday, on the way to a cybersecurity class, I got in a car accident, making a left turn, and because the brake jammed in my car, and Lucky for me, I'm still alive to tell the tale and had no injuries, but of course the car was basically totaled for about a good good two months. And happened. And I have to say, that was actually one of the greatest birthday gifts I've ever received in my life because even though it was a negative experience at the time, looking back, I realized there's a reason for everything because a month before, my father, he was stricken with Alzheimer's. And he went out for his usual drive on a weekend, and he got lost and was in a city about a good 40 miles out of Baltimore called Silver Spring. And we were like, what the heck? And we had to take away his license and I had to help out around the home and make sure everybody else was A-OK. And just that and then the fact that on top of that, while I was in high school, I had a part-time job at a library, and I was known as the, the shy, quiet kid who would always do good work. Well, this was five years into that and I wasn't delivering the same amount of work. So the compound effect of my father being stricken with Alzheimer's having to pick up some, some of his work and slack for lack of a better term and the crashing of my car. And then a month later getting into the boss's office being called in. It's like, Hey, this is like everything. Okay. Or whatnot. Like I never told anybody really nothing about it. Cause I like this try to keep some things private. And it was just all of that just led to the fact that, Something needs to change. We all have that point in life where we have to have a desire for change. So that led to me going into the leadership section of the library and picking up one of John Maxwell's books, The Five Loves of Leadership, and eventually becoming a voracious reader, reading multiple books from him and others, and just really developing myself into a more well-rounded person, becoming more of an extrovert in a way, because like all my life, I've been this introverted guy. But I was actually able to learn 
techniques to actually become more extroverted and connect with more people and eventually finishing my IT degree in college and then after that just being promoted to a full-time librarian and then helping out folks in the community, even doing a seminar at my church to help folks become better public speakers and then eventually just joining Toastmasters to really just add more icing to the giant cake of success in a way because it's one thing to stick with what you're, you're doing. It's another thing to actually add on top of more things that you can do because there's only so much we can get out of life. It, life is like short and long. It's, it's short in the fact that it's precious. It could end in an instant, but it's also long in the fact that if you don't embrace your dreams and you live with that, you'll mm-hmm. basically be wandering around as a wandering generality, as Zig Ziglar once said, with a feeling of quiet desperation because you didn't have the courage enough to really take that one step forward and keep staying the course forward. So that was really kind of how it was for the college years in the way, just getting the IT degree and ended up <laughs> not doing too much with it because, I mean, yeah, some of the classes I took to get the degree, they help folks with the Microsoft Office suites and occasional PC cleaning and stuff like that. But like beyond that, I really haven't used that. I've been more into the leadership, communication, speaking, and coaching and training folks because I'm more into the people business now instead of the technology business. Mm. So when you think about that transition, so here you are, you're taking your, what really motivated you to take an IT degree if this uh, interest in leadership started to emerge? So what was really the motivation to go down that track in the first place? Yeah, the motivation was I saw this computer technician when I was a kid, fixed the computer at our home, and I thought, you know, one day I'll probably be a computer technician myself. I thought I was going to enjoy it, but as time went on, I mean, it was like the last year after my first year finally getting into the core class, I realized uh, this may not be for me, and it was really just the whole... Thing of, I, I guess the way it's kind of like a youthful curiosity sort of thing. It's like you're curious about something, and then when you get more clarity about it, you realize, ah, maybe that's not for me. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, True. fair enough. Fair enough. I mean, uh, I, I suspect a lot of times life is about trying some things out, finding out it really wasn't what you thought it was as you go forward. So, Dominique, when you think about your work now, what is the main focus? By the way, I'm a fellow Toastmaster president. I was only part of Toastmasters for a couple of years before I moved on to the National Speaker Association. So congratulations on that. Being able to communicate in front of others is always important. So what is their, your main work now? You have your podcast, actually, don't you? And as well as your book called Going North, Tips and Techniques to Advance Yourself and Stay the Course, The Elite Performer's Seven Secret Keys to sustainable success. That's a very short title. <laughs> so, so when we think about these seven keys in this book, as well as your podcast, really helping other people going north, let's just kind of go through what are some of these secrets or these key performance sort of elements that you are teaching others now? Sure. So if I have to put really one word to what I do, my life right now revolves around books and not just like reading, writing and publishing them, but also helping others who have books of their own. So the Going North podcast, it really was just a subsidiary of the first book, Going North Tips and Techniques to Advance Yourself, because 
the main idea of that book, it was, I don't know, the book was written on a dare, <laughs> but the main press of the book is to advance others, to advance yourself, and the podcast itself is interviewing authors all over the world to give them a platform to get their stories and voices heard, and to give them the confidence to run for a lifetime, because going north, the first book, like I mentioned earlier, was written on a dare from a fellow Toastmaster at a conference, and I really had no idea what that could really was, because I was like, all right, I write and publish a book, all right, I guess I got to sell it or whatever. And then as I did a couple book events, other folks got inspired to write books of their own. And it's really one of those moments where it just illuminated this thing for me. It's, it's just really powerful that action is the inspiration, because if your actions convince someone to do more and become more, you, you are a leader. And if you help folks enter into what Joe Vitale, Vitale calls the business of immortality, then that's one great thing because this is the time to publish a book. Heck, you're, you're a multiple-time author yourself and best-selling author too, I believe. Right, Ken? Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. Yeah. And it, well, I mean, of course, when I was growing up, you know, my story in, in the Secrets of Success listeners have heard this a hundred times, is my grade nine teacher said I would never amount to anything because I couldn't read or write. Being mildly dyslexic, I never ever thought that I would be an author. However, the invention of the computer, yes, that I'm that old, uh, motivated me to be able to, you know, have grammar and spell check on the computer. And all of a sudden, I'm typing on a computer, and that's how I write. So it was really technology. Hey, Mr. IT. allowed me me a platform to be able to build this voice. And yes, this is my 30th year of writing four and a half million words of content. So, So, I mean, a lot of people that are listening here, it's interesting. I don't know if you know the stats as a fellow librarian is, uh, what percentage of people actually read? This is not being on your phone and social media, but actually read a book. Kindle can count, I guess read a book after college or high school. Do you know what the number is? It's a very small number. I'm not sure of the exact number, but it's on average usually a good, what, one to 12 books a year after college education? Uh, 10 to 12, 10 to 15% of people uh, will read a book. 85% will never touch a book after high school and never read a book. So when we think about growing yourself, where do you think that motivation, that tipping point, you know, in, in my uh, stepfather-in-law passed away from dementia, uh, you know, nearly two years ago. But when we think about this, where did the, all of a sudden this thing around leadership come out of? I mean, you're doing IT, all of a sudden this kind of pops up. What would you say to the listeners that really triggered you to go in this new direction? I think what triggered it for me was the fact that there's, there's more out there for me to accomplish because... Even though, for me personally, IT was just a curiosity. Speaking is one of my one of my gifts, and folks have been telling me for years I got this radio voice. And is the fact that you know what, writing is a way of getting the voice out there because they say those who speak well also write well. I mean, well, in 2019, I mean everybody can write well thanks <laughs> to everything on the computer with spell check and grammarly. So just tapping into that gift and doing some soul searching and realizing, hey, I can probably impact more people from the aspect of writing and leadership. And funny enough, the leadership, it actually came to the fact of realizing, you know what, this is a really powerful skill. And it's kind of a buzzword nowadays, leadership, because it's something that 
everybody is whether they know it or not. Like if you step out your door, you are a leader. You have to be a CEO, CFO, or the boss or supervisor. You're you're a leader because somebody is influenced by you. If you have in a circle of friends, like if if you may have this nice shirt or whatever, somebody will be like, hey, that's a nice shirt. And then two weeks later, you see with the same shirt on, like hey, you just influenced that person. They saw something nice on you, or or hey, if you say something like I don't know, Happy Monday or TGIM. Now, granted, not a lot of people is gonna. And jump on that bandwagon, but eventually folks will jump on something. So you say something like, I don't know, Happy Tuesday, since that's a little more fun for people to be like, you know what, I like that, I'm going to go with that. Then you are a leader. It's it's really the small things that matter because the big things come from the small things. Mm, absolutely. We teach a, a concept that, you know, our credibility is always based on the behavior we do and what we don't do, Dom. And so we are constantly leaving some kind of impression. Is it a negative, neutral, or positive? And that's what you're talking about here, is that our actions have impact, and if we know it or not, to the circle of influence around us. So thank you for that. Now, in your bio, you were talking about the five keys to elite performance. Let's just go through what some of those five keys are that you have identified so that the listeners can benefit and implement this as soon as this show's over. Sure thing. So the first key is mental awareness. So getting your mind in order and being more aware mentally. Then key number two will be Well, let's I. just stay there for a second. I'm going to dive deep with you, my friend. Sure. Is, so how do I actually even have mental awareness? What does, that, what does that really, really mean? Mental awareness is giving yourself time to actually go within yourself and seeing what's going on. And the way that I was able to develop myself through this is the fact that Every morning, I try to make sure I give myself at least five minutes of silence, just sitting in a chair and just being still and just letting thoughts come and, heck, even thinking up some thoughts and sometimes having a notebook with me and writing down some things that may come to me. Mm -hmm. Are you directing this uh, at this quiet time? Because, you know, when we think we've had guests on that talk about meditation or prayer at quiet time or mindfulness, whatever word we want to use, is... Are there any kind of directions to this time alone and just being quiet? It's really free-flowing. There's no real direction. I usually try to do that because it's really kind of the easiest thing to start with. Because sometimes, even though mindfulness is a big thing nowadays, some folks still think you have to sit down cross-legged and shave your head bald. Like, no, you don't have to really do that. You just grab a chair and make sure you don't turn on the TV or anything and just be still and be quiet to not only become more mentally aware, but also give, give your spirit in a way some time to actually be with your spirit as well from a spiritual aspect as well, since I'm also a Christian as well. Mm-hmm. So being uh, quiet, reflective, I mean, when we think about today's social media and all the input, we, we know all the stats. Is people are just overly stimulated. They're trying to get their dopamine fix by another notification, another like, or something like that. But let's do the opposite to start with mental awareness and get that going. So your next one that you, where I uh, interrupted you around was influence awareness. Well, what's that? Yeah, so influence awareness is being aware of the things around you that could really influence you in multiple ways. Kind of like with social media, that's one of the things, especially with Facebook. Some folks may say that Facebook 
is too political. And I'm like, yeah, that can be true depending on where you go. And that's something you can actually control. So your social media time, you can control that TV. You can choose what to watch if you decide to watch TV, the books you read, the stuff you listen to, like podcasts like this one. This is a great podcast. Listen to probably at least two great episodes yesterday and just stuff like that. Well, thank you very much, sir. And uh, by the way, listeners, I've paid Dominique to say that. No. <laughs> well, what you're talking about, when you think about influence, if, if I'm, I'm listening to your recommendations here, what you're talking about is input is going to affect output. So what are you allowing to influence your mind, your thinking? What are you allowing as far as an input? What are those sources? And that's what you're talking about. Yes, sir, indeed. Well, thank you for that. Now, the next one that you have, I have your list in front of me, so I'm, I'm leading you here is time awareness. So, I mean, a lot of people say, well, I just don't have enough time or I can't manage that. What do you mean by time awareness and, and, and what are you coaching us around that? Yes, sir. So for time awareness is realizing we all have the same amount. I'm pretty sure it's cliche for you and a lot of the listeners, but everybody's the same amount of time and what you do with that time is mostly up to your control. I mean, even those who may have kids or whatever. A lot of folks, they may have children, they wake up a little earlier in the morning while everybody else is asleep to get more work done. As for me, sometimes I'm, I'm a bit of a night owl. I stay, stay up late and do extra things like podcast editing, writing, or even listening to podcasts or on YouTube, listening to something to kind of up my game and things like that. So just being not only aware of how much time you have in a week, but being aware that you have the choice to choose what you want to do and realize that, hey, distractions are going to come, if, especially in office setting, like with the library itself. I mean, a lot of libraries in the 21st century, 2019, they, they're more of community centers more than anything else. And half the day, I go in with the mindset, all right, I'm going to be drawn over from all different sides, from different customers and clients in a way because they, they're searching for jobs and may need resume help or they may need to get through this Microsoft Word hiccup or whatever, and just realizing distractions are going to come. How am I going to just accept the fact that I'm going to try to speed up the process and realize that, hey, time is finite, and we have to just realize that distractions are going to come and just deal with them as they come and just plan for them, and then realize that everything is not going to get done in a day, and make sure those things get moved to the forefront of the following day so that way you can actually get those things done with John's to-do list. Mm -hmm. Any other strategies that you're having people to you know, be awake or aware of their time? Or do you get them to keep logs and say, how much time do I spend? Or even our devices say, oh, by the way, Ken, you just spent three hours on Facebook. Hello. <laughs> yeah, I got to love technology in a way. So yeah, Google... Google Calendar is a great tool for the Android users. And one other thing to do is actually to physically write things down on your list of things to do for the day. And one thing you can do is actually for the things that you don't complete for the day, you can cut those off a to-do list. If it's like on a three by five card or like one of the small notepads, you can cut those things off the list, especially if it's a legible <laughs> list and put in like a jar or whatever, then shake up the jar and then just pick one out of that jar and then make sure you accomplish that one thing the following day mm. as well as another thing that you can do as well. 
I've never heard that before. That's an interesting idea. Just allow the randomness to kind of happen. They're all important, and this is the one you're going to work on. Now, aren't, Dom, aren't we trying to get a, to a paperless society? I mean, I write things down. I create a list, have a list in front of me. So what about sort of the millennials if, um, if they're listing? Is I don't believe in writing like paper lists. Why is that important? First, and funny enough, I'm a millennial myself. <laughs> yeah. That's the funny part about it. But yeah, and for those, heck, you could probably even do it in your Evernote app as well. I, I hear great things about Evernote. Uh, this isn't a commercial for them or a plug form. I personally don't use it like that. Uh, funny enough, a home organizer buddy, buddy of mine, she uses Evernote religiously and in combination with the calendars. But also just doing that, just doing what works works for you, or at least trying something new. Because, I mean, yeah, we're trying to move to a paperless society that's great and all, but just the kinetic energy of the fact that that pen to paper it still sticks in the mind a lot harder for some folks as opposed to others, because it's still good to get your hand moving in that way to actually make sure it links to the brain. Mm-hmm. Excellent, excellent. Agreed, agreed. Uh, your next one is called Connection Awareness. Explain that one. Yes, indeed. So Connection Awareness, that's basically being aware of those in your circles of influence, the five closest friends, as the <laughs> cliche is with some folks. Like Because one thing I've noticed is that's so true because a group of friends that I w- was around, they, they were skinny, like in high school, and I eventually became part of the Skinny Lanky Club in a way because this is like back in the high school, early college years. Guys are like, what, 140, 150? Then I was able to get down to like 158 for my original two, 230, 230 pounds in high school. So basically getting down to that. Okay, hang on, hang on, because we do wellness shows too. You said you were at 238 and you got down to 158? Yeah, that was back in the high school era when I was, I was a fat kid trying to get better. <laughs> uh, that is a lot of weight, my friend. Yeah, it is. Yeah, that was actually part of the fact that I was I became active. That was like my first year when I became an uh, intern at the library I worked at the time for summer youth. So usually walking around the library, helping out customers, shelving books, and then on my break time, I'd walk walk for a good 30 minutes and then drink water the whole way down and then down the block and then I walk back to work and this would be on the hottest of days in the summer. So I'd be sweating like crazy and to make sure I wipe all my sweat off and then get back to work and make sure I don't smell too bad. So that also helped out with the weight. So just a lot of water, a lot of walking and activity and just sweating the weight away. That's what worked for me in that era. I just want to delve a second. How did you get to 238? What were the influences around you that caused that to happen? I just wasn't active. wasn't active and all the eating and things like that, just eating like bad for me. Yeah, but my daddy was a cook. He cooked a lot of great portions. Mom, she cooked too, and she liked to bake cakes and whatnot. And I wasn't the athlete. I was the kind of like the geek in high school. I really didn't be – I wasn't on any of the sports teams or anything and wasn't into the walking or whatever. So that's really what helped me to be 238 at the time, at that time in high school, as opposed to after I got a job and was on my feet a lot more often and doing a lot more walking, and I actually focused on losing some of the weight, too, and actually cutting portions in half as well. 
Mm. Well, when we think about the point being, Dom, that you're talking about for listeners here is that connection awareness is, and I've, we've had shows about it, I've written articles about it, is the five closest friends, you be like them, is that sort of the health and weight and new sort of health mindset of your five closest friends is going to spill into your space. And so what you're talking about there is this activity really is if you want to be active, you need to be around active people. And that connection awareness is that who are you letting into your space from an intentional point of view? Is this not what you're speaking about? Amen to that, especially in the world, word intentional. Uh, absolutely. So, you know, am I conscious and awake and aware or are my friends really by accident? And, and this is not a judgment, right, Dom? If you if you're kind of moving into an active space, it's not that you're better than these other people, but you have different goals. You want to be active. You want to kind of move. And if you're hanging around inactive individuals, then you're going to become like them. Yeah, it's true. And some folks, they may get mad at that, but they just have to realize it kind of goes back to what you just mentioned. It's like different goals. Like mm-hmm. you may have certain goals to advance into a space where habits have to change as opposed to them where they may like to be stagnant and stable as opposed to you like to be active, agile, and mobile. So it's really just the mindset and thinking differently in this list of goals. And heck, maybe even having that goal as opposed to some folks that may have no goals at all besides getting through the day, getting their mm-hmm. paycheck every other week or every Friday if they get paid every Friday and just go about life and pay bills, not clipper. Uh, Dom, I think that's a very good point for the listeners. Have you been intentional with the kind of relationships that you want to have, the kind of connections that you want to have? So not only being awake and aware of what you're saying of who I have, but who would you want to have? You know, if you want to have some success in life around business or do you have a couple of people who are mentors who are successful business people? or individuals. So a very, very good point. And then the final um, item as part of your MITCH acronym is habit awareness. Uh, speak more about that. Oh, yeah, that's right. Habit awareness. And, and um, if you have any listeners named MITCH, they're probably happy that it's like, yeah, my name's an acronym. Mm. I'm more famous, maybe. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but yeah, habit awareness is definitely a powerful one indeed, because the thing about this book, Stay the Course, and where the acronym came from is the fact that Going North, the book, it was popular. I got a couple radio interviews, TV interviews, and we had some success with the book, selling over 800 copies with it. And the fact that this was around October 2016 when it came out. And six months later, March 2017, my father, he passed away after his battle with Alzheimer's and dementia. Mm. And... This book really emerged from that place of grief because I wasn't aware myself. Because one thing that is a gift and a curse, some way like an asset to me, is like a positive mental attitude. Yes, it's a rock-solid positive mental attitude, and it's a great thing to have. But on the other hand, the thing about a positive mental attitude, it can mask certain things. Like with myself, I was going through grief that I didn't know about, and then I snuck back into the old eating habits of just eating everything, calling it the whole dirty bulking phase, and I stopped working out. I wasn't as active and mobile and agile as before. And June of 2017, I was at the highest point of my life in terms of weight. I was 254 pounds, and that was more than what I weighed in high school. I weighed a lot 
mm. more than ever. And this is kind of where it came from. Heck, even a book in addition to mine I recommend is Leading on Empty by Wayne Caderio. Because in that book, you mentioned how he himself had that positive mental attitude and he was leading and hard charging, growing his church in Hawaii and being a leader that he collapsed in the pulpit. Now, granted, I didn't collapse in the pulpit, but <laughs> I had all this weight and the day job, I wasn't keeping that plate spinning in balance because I thought I was doing okay. I had this mindset, all right, I had these rose colored glasses, had these, in a way, delusions of grandeur in a way, like, hey, I'm still good, still smiling, folks seem to be happy, and boss had to call me in again, mm-hmm. had to show me, like, hey, you're a top performer this year, that year, and this past year. It's like, yeah, like, yeah, you, you did lose your father, we still gave you a raise and all, but it's like, there's still something off here, and it just hit me. Like, you know what? Some things need to change. And one of those habits was getting at least seven and a half hours of sleep every day, because that's one thing that contributed to the massive weight gain again, is the fact that some, some days I'd get zero to maybe four hours of sleep. And a lack of sleep helps you to gain weight, and it makes you more irritable and short with people. And now granted, I wasn't too short of people, but the weight gain still happened. And I was trying to supplement the lack of sleep with caffeine and energy drinks and whatnot. And that's not a good substitute for a lack of sleep because it's going to show. It's not even going to show in your actions, but also with the weight as well. And heck, even stop doing the CrossFit for a while and stop doing the kickboxing because I picked up kickboxing and CrossFit a few years before that. So, Dom, what, what were the main reasons that you quit? Was it uh, part of the grief response for you? Is that what was driving you uh, ending some of your positive habits? Yeah, it was grief and the fact that, in a way, with CrossFit itself, it's kind of com- it's, it's really competitive in a way because at the end of each workout, folks usually put their name and their times of workouts and all of the good stuff. And I had a Taekwondo injury where I busted <laughs> two knees doing a bunch of flying kicks and that injury wasn't and wasn't really recovering as well with some of the stuff that I was doing. And when you are kind of competitive in a way and then you try to beat your times in a way, sometimes you forget to use proper form and that's when you forget to use proper form and get injured yourself. (laughs) Yeah, I get that. I get that. Well, I mean, those are very, very important. Mental awareness, influence awareness, Time. Where are you spending your time? And, and by the way, when you spend your time in certain areas, you're saying that's what you value at that moment. Uh, connection awareness. So who are you hanging out with? Where are you connecting? And this uh, habitual awareness. What are the things you're doing every day? And as you mentioned, positive mental attitude isn't everything. There's lots of other things that come into play uh, with this. Now, Dominique, how can people find out about what you're doing and also about your book? Where would you send them? Sure thing. You can head over to the website known as dombrightman.vip. That's dombrightman.vip. It's a nice mobile-friendly website. I'm slowly migrating from my old Wix site. So that's the main place to go for the books, the podcast itself. It has a nice little contact box as well. So if you're interested in a coaching session. So in addition to the First five listeners that ask for the free audiobook of the first book, Ken's got the codes for you. And if you shoot me an email, I'm offer you a complimentary free 30-minute coaching call session for your listeners as well. 
Well, they're very kind. So what's the name of your podcast and how would I would find it on iTunes, but what's the name of it? Sure thing. It's called the Going North Podcast. You can find it just about anywhere. If you Google it, it'll actually pop up about 180 plus episodes strong at the moment. And it's mostly around authors and for people thinking about sort of authorship and making a difference through the written or spoken word. Yes, sir. So if you got a book out or you got a book coming out soon, love to have you on, especially you, Dr. Ken. Well, there we go. Uh, they're certainly keen and open to that. Now, I appreciate, uh, Dominique, you spending the time with us and, and giving us those steps in your sharing your story. What would be your final sort of comments and encouragements to the listeners on some things that they, a thing, an item or a thing that they can do uh, to kind of transform their life from this point after listening to this show? I have to say, parting words probably be that you are your own secret to success. Because if you measure yourself today versus your potential, you can reach a lot further. Like myself today, I still got work to do. Everyone still has work to do. So you are your own secret to success. Take the keys from Dr. Keys himself and all the other wonderful guests, including myself, and go out there and accomplish something great, something that folks will talk about 100 years from now. Well, Dominique, thank you for spending time with us today and your wise words. Thanks again for having me on. Okay, well, stay with us, Tom. So, Secrets of Success listeners, you know, when you think about it, this whole self-awareness, consciousness, just about every guest I have on is talking about it. And why are they talking about it? Because it is so important. It's foundational. It's fundamental. And so are you really conscious about, you know, what are you putting into your system? You know, what are you listening to? What are you reading? Are you even reading? And now... By the way, you are listening to this podcast, so thank you very much for that input. And we're trying to set up a platform so that we can encourage you to be successful. Are you aware of where you're spending your time? And you know what? There's some, the social media can just suck the brains right out of your head, so be careful. Be aware of that. Who are you connecting with? Are encouragers or discouragers? And then what am I doing every day around habits that is affecting the outcomes that I have in my life? Thank you, as always, for listening to Secrets of Success. If you like what we're doing, pass it on. Leave a positive comment on whatever platform you're listening on and we very much appreciate it. Give us any kind of feedback that you have out there on what we could do to be able to serve you better. Thank you for listening to Secrets of Success. I'm your host, Dr. Ken Keyes. Thanks for exploring the secrets of success with us. If you want to keep the momentum going, log on to crgleader.com. Scroll to the bottom and sign up for our inspirational emails. You can also take your success to the next level by following us on Facebook and Twitter and connecting with Ken on LinkedIn. We hope you have a great week and look forward to you joining us next time for the Secrets of Success podcast with Dr. Ken Keyes.